0: You're good. Welcome to episode 273 of the DFO Rundown. It's brought to you by Botano.ca, where you got to find some odds here. Let's get some odds on, will the orders uh, break the NHL record? Their next four games, Chicago, Nashville, Pittsburgh, or sorry, not Pittsburgh. That's who's got the record, Vegas, and then Anaheim to uh, break the record. Uh, of course, I have a 10-day break in between due to the uh, bye week and the uh, NHL's uh, very good game that uh, goes in Toronto this year. But uh, you can bet on uh full slate of games Thursday night. And of course, the conference finals in the National Football League, Baltimore, KC, San Fran, and Detroit. Who do you like? Place your bets at botano.ca. I'm Jason Greger. We uh, welcome in Frank Saravalli. Frank, how you doing? <coughs> I'm sorry. I can't take you seriously today with that hair. Dude, I can't. Try living with this.
1: this But it's it's not just that it's like you've got the cul-de-sac going, and this is one of the last days that you have to keep it before you can go back to bicking your hair. But it's that you also got like a little bit, since we're doing this early in the morning, you got a little bit of sleep hair
0: in the back, right? No, no, dude. No, that's how it is. It's not like it doesn't I have to flat like I have to like really wet it to flatten it down, dude. It's awful. It's like puffy on you, both sides. It's you brutal. look like a, a high school principal. Yes, I know you. Any any terrible look. Yeah, that's what I look like. It's brutal. It's um, it's a uh, high school you know, principal in the middle of a science fair. Oh, god, yeah. I look like a little bit of a mad scientist who's uh, like if you want to age yourself 20 years, it's just like when I have my toque on. You know, I look younger than I am. Then I take this off, and I look like I'm 65. Like I could go right now and guaranteed I could get the seniors rebate at any store that I walked into. Hey, let's not talk about aging ourselves, because yeah, I win. Yeah, well, you know what? But that, but people are dying their hair gray now, Frank. There's I don't. It's a trend. Get it. Like there's there's a lot. I know you're not, but you could just say no, no, no. I'm, some people might be like, oh, look, he's uh, he's into the new age gray. That's you know, a lot of a lot of ladies are dying their hair gray. You could just be like a a trendsetter. Trust me. This is not a trend that anyone's setting. Like, I know there's some guys who walk around like this. Good for them, but oh my goodness, I don't know how they do it. Like, take it's it awful. to the wood, buddy. Like, dude, I don't think the lights have been on in my bedroom for two months. I can tell you that right now. So, it's not great, but <laughs> it's almost done. It's almost done. So, got to be a man of your word, Frank. I don't back out on things. So, not like uh, Mad Dog Russo who claims he'd quit if a team loses. It's cheap. Don't be it. Don't don't make claims you're not going to follow up on. So. so-
1: just refresh everyone if you're listening to this pod and weren't in November, you bet that if the Oilers lost to the Sharks, yeah, that you would, who did not have a win at the time or just got a win. No, they had won their first game that did game before, funny enough. And ha, yeah, so you bet that if the Sharks beat the Oilers, you would not shave your head for a period of six months.
0: And, yeah, then, and by the, yeah, and, now, first of all, it wasn't a bet because it was a promise. Because in a bet, you would get something if you win. I got nothing had they won the game. Um, See, that's was,
1: that's kind of problematic for you. Like you kind of yes. backed yourself into a well, it
0: there. was really just a comment. It wasn't it was just a statement. I was like, hey order fans, it was on the Monday. I said they're gonna lose in Vancouver tonight because the Cux, Canucks are playing way better, but then they'll start winning because they play San Jose next and they're awful and they're gonna beat them. And some well, how confident I said, dude, I'd grow my hair out. That's how confident I am. And so the, the only saving grace was that if the orders ended up going on a five-game winning streak at some point, it would get cut down in half. Too bad there wasn't a, something for a 10-game winning streak. Yeah, was I was going to say, 14 but, games. Come on, you could have got your money's worth. Yeah, so, um, yeah, it was, uh, it was more just a promise, uh, a statement off the cuff that uh, turned horribly wrong for myself. But, but you uh, were let I off am... the hook in three months, mercifully comes to an
1: end. Oh, yeah, on so Saturday,
0: it'll be this is the last
1: rundown. And you know,
0: next week you'll be aerodynamic again. Oh, but I honestly, like, I can't wait. Every time I, w- I walk by the mirror, it's just like, no thanks. So it's like Every I'm afraid to
1: walk by that
0: mirror. He's like, who is that predator? Yeah, oh, honestly, like, you'll forget sometimes and you wake up and you're just like, oh my god, like, what is happening here? So uh, I can tell you the only person happier than me is my wife. So I bet. Oh, geez. Yeah. It's not That's uh, most
1: days when you go to work, too. So.
0: Yeah, potentially. <laughs> it's true. So. Yeah, it's not uh it's not good, Frank. Um now, let's get to uh uh some things that are also not good, but on a much more serious nature. The uh the NHL uh, is connected of course with uh with uh, four players um who have asked for uh, leaves of absence as uh they will most known, most likely be reporting themselves to the uh, London police. Stemming from uh, sexual assault allegations from uh, 2018, and it uh, <clears throat> sounds like charges are coming, Frank. And uh, there's, you know, this is going to become a criminal uh, uh, investigation now and go to court.
1: Yeah. So I just want to be careful with how you phrased it. Like we, a lot of people are making the connection to the players that have taken the leave of absence and what's happening. The reporting from the Globe and Mail that. Five players from the 2018 world junior team will be ordered to surrender to police to face charges for sexual assault you know there are likely connections there as you mentioned but not entirely convinced that all of the players that have taken a leave to this point are all connected to it so you know just be careful of who you know people want to paint as what is yeah no that's fair
0: that's why i didn't say you know what it's um it's it's taken a long time for for this like obviously you know you you read the uh the reports that it's you know they they feel like after a lengthy year-long investigation uh, by the police that they can um you know they can press charges now and go further and so yeah so uh, we're in a holding pattern right now is basically the story because short
1: of some groundbreaking everyone wants to know the names right like that's what everyone they want to like for whatever reason, that's how our society works. They want to know the names. They want to know what happened. Everyone wants some answers. And the truth is, until the London Police Service comes out and formally says who's charged and for what, we really don't have anything else to go on aside from whatever casual links that anyone wants to make. Because, and everyone, was say, everyone has asked me, well, why don't you just say what you think? Well, no one has told me directly X person is getting charged. Someone that would have direct knowledge, either from the London Police Service, a source there, or a source that's connected to one of these players. No one has been willing to say it. And in fact, NHL teams are in the dark and they've been told the players have been instructed by their legal counsel, if they have it, to not even tell their NHL teams what's happening and what they know. So there's a lot of sort of gray area here that people want answers that, frankly, like I, I'm not in a position from reporting to give them. So that's just the background, and we're waiting until February 5th unless there's some groundbreaking reporting where some outlet somewhere is, is willing to jump that line and comfortably say it, that it's going to take until February 5th, the day after All-Star Weekend, in London Ontario for the police to come out and and shed some light and some information on this investigation that's been going on for it's actually since 2022 it goes back like 18 plus months
0: yeah if it, i i would recommend there's you know there there's some if you want to um to have some good stories to read uh you know Robin doolittle has a very good article obviously uh, you know many years ago well not many years ago i think last year uh uh, Katie Strang at the Athletic along with uh, Dan Robson and Ian Mendez had a really in-depth um investigative report um that didn't name names but uh you know talked to talked to um uh you know the women involved and what what had happened uh earlier that night and then uh what had, uh, you know the uh, the allegations coming from from that side of, of of what occurred and it's um doesn't sound like a pretty story Frank who's ever involved uh, when the names come out and it it will be something that, um, to me, I I know people will say, Oh, hockey culture. Sure. And and I don't discount that, but I, I also think it's a little naive because people don't want to admit that it's a societal culture. Let's be honest. You, um, sexual assault in North America has not improved at all. When you look at a lot of the other issues in our society, that we've at least made, you know, we we become more aware of racism. We've become more aware of bigotry. And we've talked about it and and tried to improve. It's not perfect, far from it. But there's been there's been steps. If if you look at the cases of, you know, how many girls one in three, how many boys one in six are victims of of sexual abuse, it's it's not going down. And that is a societal issue, no question. Hockey's a part of it. Hockey has to to look at themselves and start there for sure, but this is a much bigger issue, and you would hope that, you know, stories like this garner more attention, and it, you know, leads to, to more people coming forward, because this is, it's a real, it's an ugly part of society that no one wants to talk about, because very few people... Want to even like when you read stories about what some parents do to their own children, grandparents, dads, moms, uncles, sisters, friends, teachers, media people like, nobody's excluded. There, there's no walk of life that's excluded from these horrific events. And I think so. We why never so why about is it, the
1: NHL sweeping it under the rug? Very
0: that's good. That's the point.
1: response I get from the league on Wednesday. Guess yeah. what? They issued a statement saying how gleefully excited they were about the expression of interest from Salt Lake city. But I didn't see one word about five players who are either NHL players currently or NHL property that are connected to a case that has frankly gripped the country of Canada and has seen lots of reporting and interest why would it be so hard to send out a statement that says we abhor sexual assault? Any of the five players that have been connected to this case, provided that they go through a due process and if they are found guilty, you know we will hand out punishment accordingly. And until then, all of these people connected to it, whoever they are, are suspended indefinitely and can reapply for admission at a later date. Why is it so hard to send a strong message? And instead, what we get is a coordinated PR campaign from the NHL, with Salt Lake City announcing their interest a mere 27 minutes after the Globe and Mail story comes out.
0: It was embarrassing. Then I didn't even how dumb the- do
1: they think we are. Yeah. Hey, let's serve up a platter of red meat to hungry hockey fans who are frothing at the mouth to get information about players who were involved in an alleged gang rape.
0: Yeah. Like it's, 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 a, it was a. What, so, so
1: let me just answer this other part of it. Cause I got this a lot in social media. Okay. People were saying to me, well, how do you know that the salt, like since when does the NHL control press releases that come from the Salt Lake entertainment group?
0: Well, they made well, their own statement
1: from the NHL. Well, no, but hold on a second. How do we know how this system works? Well, because <laughs> I've been in it for 15 years. So, nothing happens if you want to. If you want to join the NHL, you've got to play by Gary Bettman's rules. You, Jim Ball Silly, has a whole list of <laughs> examples of things to not do to get yeah. an NHL franchise, and the first part of that is to step out of line at any point during the process and do something that the NHL or say something that the NHL doesn't want you to do. Yeah. So to think that the Salt Lake Entertainment Group, led by Ryan Smith, billionaire Ryan Smith, who owns the Utah Jazz, to think that they would issue their own willy-nilly press release pleading for the NHL to initiate a formal expansion process is lunacy to think that the NHL wasn't involved in that, let alone the fact that they had their own response to the to the press release shortly thereafter. So they were well-prepared. So now let's take it a, uh, back a step further. So then, Frank, how do you know that the NHL had knowledge of what was coming in the Globe and Mail? Well, because myself and a bunch of other reporters were asking questions on Monday once Carter Hart or Tuesday, once Carter Hart was taking his leave of absence. And and I will say that at least one of the players who is believed to be involved in this process had notified his team that he, quote, thought something was coming as a result of the investigation, who then, of course, passed it on to the league. So the league was well aware. Salt Lake City was well aware. And congratulations to Ryan Smith. You just demonstrated to everyone how badly you want to have an NHL team because you were willing to be a pawn in covering yep. up sexual assault.
0: Bingo. Bingo. That is, if, if, if you want to see where they view things, that's, that's where their stance is. Actions speak louder than words, and that was the action they chose to take. It's absolutely revolting. So let's, let's take it a step further. Okay. And
1: say, well, you know, why would the NHL do this? Like, wouldn't any smart, you know, business or organization try and change the narrative on a day that it's an ugly one for your business? Yeah. I think there's some that would, but I don't think that's how the NBA would operate. I think Adam Silver would have been out there making a strong statement against sexual assault. I don't think that's how some other professional sports leagues would work. And more than that, I think there's, it's it's a pattern that we've seen here that's extended for far too long, whether it's been the NHL's response to Pride Tape, whether it's been the NHL's response to the Chicago Blackhawks sexual assault and how casually they handled that after saying for more than a year that there was no merits to a lawsuit and that there was nothing to it. And then they sit down for a casual Zoom conversation and get filleted and don't call on a reporter that had done the bulk of the work. Every single time, regardless of whatever the social issue is, the NHL is stepping the wrong way. And some would say, well, then why were you disappointed? Because that's just what they do. And the answer is because it sends a message to a much broader community that we are more interested in image, profit everything else compared to actually addressing an issue that many would say has run rampant in this sport more than others for far
0: too long it it, to me illustrates exactly why i've said that i think it's time for a change of leadership because that's gary Bettman's style leadership it is it doesn't change that's what it become talk all they want about oh the owners should be happy yeah great the owners are happy but your league's moral compass is broken under the guidance of Gary Bettman. It just is. Uh, and you just outlined the reasons, Frank. This, this is not an opinion. It's based on actual facts and how they respond to issues that are non-hockey related. Human issues that impact a lot of their fans, probably impact many of their employees. Do uh, I'm sure if sure if they went around to NHL employees and found out how many of them at some time had, had been uh, sexually abused, they'd be stunned. Now, like in most cases, a lot of people don't want to talk about that. But it's it just shows you where they stand and um it, it gets worse all the time. And it was, it was, I didn't even want to address the, uh, the Utah thing yesterday. Yeah. How about all so- the
1: jackals that are out there reporting on and, and, and doing more on Utah yesterday? Oh, yeah. well, we've got other people that handle sexual, like
0: you are contributing to the problem. You are a hundred percent. And guess what? They're not close, right? It's not, do you think Utah is coming in in September? Yes, I do. In September?
1: Yeah, I think the like Arizona. I think the Arizona Coyotes there? are relocating. Okay, okay, but I
0: meant as an expansion team. So this no, is no. I think they're your
1: relocating.
0: Team. Yeah, that's what I mean. So yeah, like it's not an expansion team. They'll be coming as a relocation.
1: That's what I think, and I've thought Man. that for weeks and or months. Uh, Tyler's heard me say it multiple times on yep. Daily Faceoff Live. That oh, it makes sense. There, the clock is ticking on Arizona. Some people believe that they had until. January 31st to really present the NHL with a full plan of here's the exact date that steel and shovels are going in the ground. It's not to say that Utah is an illegitimate story. That's no, not what we're not saying at all. at all. It's actually a huge story and one that we'd normally pay attention to. It's just that everyone can see, everyone feels like they need to take a shower after seeing what the NHL did yesterday to try and erase or sweep under the rug what they knew for two years if if this ended up coming to fruition with regards to charges that it would be a really ugly time for the nhl not just for a day but for a period of time until this case is is adjudicated
0: yeah man i i don't think you know it's it's going to be quick when, when you when you look at these cases frank and Um, you know, I've talked to people who've worked on sexual assault cases before. It can take a long time and it is going to be, I I think when details come out, people will be disgusted by what happens based on, uh, there's already
1: been a lot of reporting that
0: has revealed a lot of details. So it's, it's, um, it's, it's it's not going to be a pretty one, but, but I really hope, you know, I hope the NHL takes a look in the mirror and recognizes that, okay, how we acted, does not represent what our fans and people who are close to the game really want sponsors. I would think the same thing, but that's, right? that's like, not, they're, they're not thinking that today. Yeah, like we know right.
1: enough to know that they're like, because I, I'm saying what I'm saying or because you're saying what you're saying, that I'm a bad guy. That's, that's what they're thinking in there today is how, why would he say that? I know that's what they're saying. Yeah. Well,
0: that's uh that's disappointing to say the least so
1: that i'm that i'm the bad guy because i'm pointing out what is absolutely disgusting yeah okay all right that's how i guess that's how it works anyone who doesn't fall within our line of thinking or see it exactly how we see it or goes against anything that we do they're just bad people that's how they look at it
0: so frank quickly and then then we'll move on some other things um Do you have a timeline on when you think they would need to announce that they're relocating the Arizona Coyotes? Well, they've got lots of time for that.
1: It wasn't until late May that they announced the Winnipeg Jets were moving or Atlanta Thrashers were moving to Winnipeg. It was May 27th, I think. So that's just purely from memory. So it's somewhere in that range sometime in May that they made the announcement. I think, ideally, they'd, they'd love to know sooner so that prep can be made. But, like, obviously, these two sides are in communication and in cahoots. Like, if, the, if this is happening, Ryan Smith and his group have already been prepped. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to get in order. And no doubt, read very carefully what the press release says. They are ready immediately. It says in there, they are ready now. Yeah. For an NHL team that they can play temporarily at the Delta Center, which is home to the jazz. It's not ideal. It's It's got one of those situations, just like in Brooklyn or downtown Phoenix, where it's a basketball first arena and you'd have to have a whole one end of the rink basically be dead because the seats can't overhang. But it's a temporary solution that brings far more fans than Mullet Arena does. And then you'd have a permanent facility coming in in into Salt Lake ahead of the 2034 Olympics, which sounds far away, but you could probably, if you get the Olympic bid, you could probably get that thing built by 2026 that, you know, would put Salt Lake in a spot to have a fresh new hockey arena and a new team to play there.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, maybe when they make that announcement, we'll uh, we'll, we'll we'll flood them with uh, sexual assault um, stories. I just, just I, I'm never
1: going to be able to shake that feeling. No. I'm
0: sorry. That no, Ryan terrible.
1: Smith and your team show me how bad you want one. I'm willing to do anything you want, Gary. Just tell me. Yeah, that's it. And yeah. and you know what? Someone asked yesterday, what, what do you think that the relocation fee? How different is it than an expansion fee? And I said, I don't know what the difference is, meaning historically relocation has been way lower, but we don't even have anything to properly compare it to because franchise values have exploded so much. It's going to be expensive no matter what. But I said, I hope at the end of the day that they knock a few bucks off for the gross feeling that they must've had being connected to all of this.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Nice. Hope you get um,
0: a 5% discount on that fee. Yeah. Voila. Well, uh... Moving over to some things that are uh, good, Frank. I think it's it's been interesting, you know, there's been some talk the last few weeks uh, regards the Hart trophy. And if you look at Nikita Kucherov and Nathan McKinnon, it's two guys just going back and forth with with knockout punches. Kucherov has a hat-trick four point game. Nathan McKinnon's like, oh yeah, I'll go with my second four goal game. Uh, only Marilyn Mew is the only guy ever in NHL history to have more in one season yet, three one year. Uh, so that's two four goal ca- uh, games this year for McKinney at five point night last night. Uh, they spanked the coyotes and my goodness, Kucherov off and McKinnon. Honestly, I think it's a two man race right now. I-, I don't really think there's anybody else close who's worthy of uh, what those two are doing right now. I'm I'm with you. I don't
1: think that's what people would say in Toronto. Cause I've already been asked the, well, isn't Austin Matthews, the front runner for the Hart trophy now. And my answer <laughs> is, is, Look, he he's on track to get to sixty-nine or seventy goals. Nice, um, but like we went the first six to eight weeks of the season talking about William Nylander being this team's MVP. I'm not saying Matthews isn't worthy. I'm just saying how does how do you go from not being the MVP of your own team for the first six weeks of the year, given that that's half of our sample size so far, and then now he's the MVP of the whole league. I think we already went down the path. This is my personal opinion. We already went down the path of because Austin Matthews got to a gaudy goal number that he deserved the Hart Trophy. That was a year in which Connor McDavid set new career highs in goals, assists and points and didn't win and far outpaced um far outpaced the you know the the rest of the league in points. And yet, I'm not saying we got it wrong as voters because you can't, there's no such thing as getting it wrong when you have a democratic process like that. But I just, does a gaudy goal number, like if he gets to 70, does that ensure him the heart?
0: No, not even close, right? Uh, You look at the year he won. Now, funny enough, uh, Nathan McKinnon, when he won, since 1950, Frank, the lowest in the scoring race of Ford has been to win the, the uh, art has been sixth. Gordy Howe did it way back in 1960? Mark Messier did it. Uh, you had um, Austin Matthews in, uh, in 2022 and uh, I'm missing another one and I'll try to get it. I got it on my sheets here somewhere. I did the whole research on it and I was like, okay, because I'm like, he's 12th right now. Like he was sixth in 2022 and he was, he was 15, 17 points behind uh, McDavid he's already 25 points behind McKinnon and he's like Nathan McKinnon might score 55 goals right probably more so I'm sorry it's not even a conversation it's not worth having it's Kucherov and McKinnon right now and really it's not close there, there's no one else that's close today now somebody can get on a heater and uh, and we'll see but if you have 77 or 69 goals and you end up with 100 points the guy's leading with 137, I'm sorry, being eight more or nine more goals. The other guy has that many more points. It's just, it's not good. And then look at, look at Colorado and, you know, McKinnon is already almost, you know, I think it's 17 points ahead of, of, uh, of Rantanen, but then no other forwards are close on that team. Like by the definition of most valuable to his team, Nathan McKinnon, like Nylander's got more points than Matthews. So if you're talking most valuable to his team, yes, he scored goals, but Nylander's been involved in more points. So he's been involved in more goals, and that's just on his own team. So, no, I honestly, I don't really think it's – I guess the competition will be to see who's the third finalist. I guess that's the conversation. But right now it's Kucherov and McKinnon, and they're in, they're in a category of their own, those two. Okay, so I, I was listening to your show yesterday, and I know you mentioned that –
1: the fact that McDavid is on track for 33-ish goals Mm -hmm. and 120 points, 33 is a pretty big drop-off from 64. And I understand why, because the Oilers have been really successful this year, 14-game winning streak, 8-game winning streak, just since their coach took over, That—that's I understand why that's healthy. But do you have any concern at all For the fact that McDavid's only on track
0: to score 33 after scoring 64. Well, if you look at it, he's on pace to have a hundred fewer shots than he had last year. He's not shooting the puck as much. The funny thing is, if you look at actually chances generated when they're on the ice, like they're killing it. He, he, if if you go to puck uh, IQ, which calls like high danger chances for and against, um, they're at like 68%, which is almost 70% actually, which is almost unheard of the hyman mcdavid line like they're killing the opposition they're not giving up any goals right offensively i i think the good news is he could you know because it's mcdavid and he could easily go on a run here like he has before in his career but i think the good news for the orders is they're they're winning all these games without Connor mcdavid you know carrying them on his back where he's having three points every night or two points every night right basically like what mckinnon's doing right now right which which is great for mckinnon but the orders, you know, have had 10 different guys score game-winning goals in their streak. Um, I, I would, like McDavid, I've seen too many two-on-ones are right in the slot where he's passing up. So he doesn't have the same confidence shooting the puck this year that he had last year. I think that's obvious. You just look at the amount of shots he's taking, the amount of shots, you know, he's not taking in key positions. But having seen that change before, I think it's good. But to me, the order shouldn't be concerned because... The one, even when McDavid scored a lot, Frank, they ultimately weren't winning because they were giving up too much, right? Their team now has eliminated the gift goals for a long period of time. It's not just a fourteen-game winning streak. If you go back to their last thirty-one games, right, they have they have been much much better defensively. Stuart Skinner's playing very well in goal. They're not giving up a lot of chance. They've given up the second fewest high-danger chances over that time, right? And I think that's that's what's more important in Edmonton. Edmonton's had McDavid, you know going nuclear for three years and it didn't result in them going as deep as they'd want in the playoffs. Now their team is actually scoring like they've, they've averaged 3.87 goals in their last 30 plus games. They averaged 3.96 last year, but the difference is it's more balanced up and down the lineup. Like Fogle and McLeod, this is probably my my favorite stat over a 14 game span. They're first and second and five on five points on the orders. Fogle and McLeod. Well, that's that's the
1: true mark of health, which is why I was saying it's it's not a negative for the Oilers. It just you want you still want McDavid at the same time producing at the all world level that we're used to, like the fact that he is 24 points back of McKinnon and he has half the number of goals as Sam Reinhardt. Like it's it's an interesting spot. That's all I'm saying.
0: Oh, no it's fair now games played make a big difference right he's played seven fewer games than uh, than mckinnon right the orders have played five fewer games than the Avs, so that gap will close just because let's you no, know, let's say he keeps at his pace which is you know point and a half right so he gets another eight or nine points it's he'll still end up with you know 120 points that's what he's on funny. track for yeah that people will look at 120 and be like well eh, it's not a, you know for, for the for the mortal, that's a great year. But for McDavid, it might. But to me, it's more so about their team defense. And I'll say that, like, the orders talked about, you know, McDavid. Hey, I don't want to win. Um, I don't need to win the awards anymore. I want to win cups. And so I think that's the bigger focus. But he does need to shoot more when he's in good scoring positions. I think that's a fair assessment to say, you know what? You're on a two-on-one. You're in the middle of the ice. You're wide open just shoot a few more. And I, and I think you'll see that Frank, we saw it from him the last few years, like the last four seasons, every year he's increased his shots on goal. This is the first year in in four or five that he's actually seen a decrease. So uh, I, I think eventually he'll probably start picking it up a little bit more. So if you're one of those guys that likes to
1: go on Botano and you like to bet the futures of the trophy and we can have Tyler share the odds in a minute. I'll give you one more reason why not just like his play alone speaks enough for it. But I do, and I hate acknowledging this as president of the Professional Hockey Writers Association. But I do think it's a real thing, so I have to mention it. I do think that there at times is voter fatigue. They like people look for reasons. Oh well, you know we hear this all the time with the Norris Trophy. It's just his turn, and it's like, yeah, that's absolute nonsense. First off, what does that even mean? So we we need to give it to to. Quinn Hughes this year because it's his turn like not saying Quinn Hughes hasn't been great but if you're like ah well Cal McCarr is he's won, so like you know let's just give it to Hughes if they're neck and neck like that's not really how it works no and it shouldn't work that way but my point is I do think that voters at times if McDavid was right up there they look for you know someone fresh someone new and the fact that Nathan McKinnon hasn't won one yet I think that probably really helps him Overall, if it is neck, if it's a coin flip between McKinnon and Kucherov, bet on the guy that hasn't won one yet, and Kucherov already has a heart.
0: So yeah, it's funny. Like I can only talk for myself as a voter. I never, I only vote on that year. I remove everything else because that's you should. That's how it's it's only about that season. And right now, it's McKinnon and Kucherov. You know where their teams finish. Then you have to look at a lot of other things based on the wording of the rule right uh, of the of the uh, award not the rule excuse that's me. well and that's a big reason why i
1: typically do not have two players from one team that factor into my top five how could you be the most valuable player in the league if you're not even the most valuable player on your own team you've already determined that someone ahead of that player on the ballot is the most valuable to the team yeah right? well, H- where you yeah, just yeah. put him
0: it's fair, except if, if you have two players that are just so ridiculously better than everybody else, then it can make... Because it has happened. It's been rare. But we've seen two, t- two players from teams be finalists before. Jager and Lemieux did it. So it is possible. But this year, there's no one... I don't see two guys from one team that I would have as really strong candidates to be in the top five voting. My only question is...
1: When, like, how good must a goalie be to factor into your
0: heart ballot? Because... I think they got... They, to me, it's it's not so how good he's been, it's how many games does he play. When Dominic Kasek won it, he was playing 72 games. You could be great, but if you only play 55 games, you're missing over a third of the season. Yeah, Hellebuck is on track for 62. Yeah, I don't think it's enough. That's just me, though. Like, I think... Because the MVP... you got to be... Because that means... of your team's games, you had zero impact in. Zero.
1: Yeah, but of the 75% that you did play, you had a 90 plus percent impact on the end result. Probably. That's the only thing about the goalie position is that if we really were talking about most valuable, a goalie would win every year.
0: Maybe. Like you could you look at quality starts that goalies have and then you look at quality and games that players have. I don't even like the quality starts stat. I really don't. Okay. Why? You
1: only need to have eighty-eight and a half percent to be qualified. What an eighty-eight and a half save percentage? Yeah, to that's if you have less than twenty shots. It's a save percentage above league average or at least a save percentage 88 and a half on nights with 20 or fewer. That's the stat. So no, it, all you have to do is be
0: above league average and you get a quality start. Like, that's a bullshit stat. You no, know, it's true. So, but here, here's the thing. So if you're going to say that Hellebuck, because um, if you compare Hellebuck to Demko, right? Um, Demko, they both, they both started 34 games um Hellebuck's 30 23 8 and 3, uh, Thatcher's Demko's 25 8 and 1. Um the uh, Demko's Demko actually leads faced, the league in shutouts. Um yeah, Demko leads the league in shutouts. He's actually faced um 44 more shots, so one and, additional games worth. Right? And he's um he's got a 922 save percentage to a 925 for yeah. Hellebuck. Now, goals against is where Hellebuck's better. And goals against, I do think, matter. 2.17 to 2.44. So, like, like Hellebuck and Demko are close. Like, for, for Hellebuck, for me to, to be ahead of McKinnon or... Because or, oh, then I look at their season, Frank, and I say, okay, let's look at Hellebuck's year. How many goalies have had similar seasons to him in the past? Right? If Nathan McKinnon gets you 135 points, like, you haven't had a lot of guys do that. Well, really, only one in the last... 25 years. How many goalies have a 925 save percentage in the NHL in 55 games? So to me, it's good numbers, but not not enough that would. No, I think it's pretty
1: elite with how much the save percentage has. They've plummeted. Yeah, the league save the league average save percentage is down like it was. You know, when I first started covering the league, it was like 908, 910. It's down to like
0: 899, 900. Yeah, there's more goals. Yeah, no, that's and that's fair. Um, uh, Tyler sent me a note that uh, four goalies this year have 20 games played with a save percentage above 900. Hellebuck has 23, Demko 22, Stuart Skinner has 21, and uh, Sorokin has 20. Like it's funny. Like Stuart Skinner, Frank, the his first seven games were so bad it grossly skews his numbers, but as the season progresses, um, you know that becomes a smaller percentage of his yeah, overall. Yeah, you're numbers. getting a The
1: opposite for Cam Talbot.
0: Oh yeah, so unreal through the first
1: quarter of the year, and since then, well, that's below average. And now you look at his numbers, and they still look pretty good. It's like, oh, he's got a nine thirteen this year. That's decent.
0: Yeah, but it's like, yeah, you're right. There's two guys crossing in the night, right? As far as the uh, the path upwards and the path down, and that's really that's symbolic of the LA Kings. I, I don't think there's any team that's been more disappointing than the Kings the last two months.
1: Uh, I think the golden Knights would give them a run for their money, but the fact that the Kings are mostly healthy is pretty problematic. Oh, I mean, how how about them just absolutely spitting the bit last night against the Buffalo Sabres?
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's not up three,
1: one lose five, three, like, yeah, well, Frank the, game in the last was over two- the game was over 5 minutes into the third period It felt like. Yeah.
0: In the last 2 months, Vegas is 14-10 and 4, 32 points. LA is 11-11 and 6, uh 28 points. And um you know, they, they they've only won 11 of 28 games. The Kaidos have at least uh, the Knights have won half and you're right they've they've been banged up with injuries, but like yeah, it's the LA Kings man, like they got to turn things around. And I don't know if like because defensively all of a sudden they're giving up way too many goals. Um, Pierre Luc Dubois is on Mel Cartons all over California right now. It's a, it's not a good time for the Kings,
1: yeah. Todd McClellan, not happy, and or should he be. Also, calling out, uh, calling out Mr. Dubois, yeah, it's, it's got to be better. And, and his quote, his, know, quote his, his money quote last night is so unreal, though. Todd McClellan, quote. The stupidity that went into this loss is beyond explainable. <laughs> beyond explainable. Yeah. We got a three-one lead tonight, and guys start thinking it's it's a cookie night, and we stop playing the
0: way we know how to play. Yeah. Now, like honestly, like the Kings are in a position now where you thought it was like a, a no-brainer, easy that they were going to make the playoffs, right? It was like ah, oh, they're they're a lock to make the postseason. They're still
1: going. They're still a lock to make the playoffs. Still a uh, lock,
0: I'm telling you right now.
1: Okay. Well, yeah. Tell you, me, tell me who's any good. Yeah, that's, that's in, fair. In, in, in line for that
0: eighth wild card spot. Like the, 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 the Blues Kings just right. need
1: to be conscious
0: for like yeah. a two week stretch. It's the Blues, uh, like the Blues actually have you know some decent players. On it's their not team. the Blues; they're not good. Well, they got more wins than the Kings. I
1: don't care; they're not good. Ah, that team is all over the place.
0: Yeah. Wow. I'll just win say one this.
1: lose three win two yeah. lose four like that's the blues whole season
0: mm-hmm.
1: now they're on a win three and at some point they'll lose five and they'll be right back down where they were
0: yeah well that's which what the is Kings
1: floating are, in the ether yeah I know I know statistically that the Kings are close to being out I'm just telling you all they need to do is wake up for a two week period of time between now and April and they will coast into the playoffs yeah you could be right
0: but Um, they're, they're, they're falling out. Uh, you know, they're going to have to wake up if they want to stay in the Pacific race. Otherwise they're just going to be destined as a card team. How about the old Patrick Watt bump? Wow, yeah, well, they're in Montreal tonight. That'll be an emotional game. And you know what the, the, there's actually, they lost to Vegas, but they actually played quite well. I know. And, but the thing is you listen, I just listened to what the players are saying and
1: they're like, wow, so much more energy, so much more positive. You can already tell he's making a huge difference. Yeah. And some of that, you know, what what are they going to say? Yeah, exactly. But, but you know what? I can't stand this guy. I totally don't like him. <laughs> no, but I think the energy part, like, I think that's a much needed shot in the arm there.
0: Yeah. Hey, let's bring in uh, Tyler Uremchuk to the pod. Ty, how you doing?
2: I am doing good, gentlemen, ready to go with a new edition of Buy or Sell delivered by DoorDash for a limited time. Our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on the first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and use the promo code NATION25. If you're watching the show on YouTube, you can see it up at the top of your screen. Maybe you want to take advantage of the new Double Dash feature. It allows you to add a second restaurant onto your order without any extra delivery fees. So guys, maybe you're in the mood for pizza, but the wife wants Thai food. Now you can both get your wish without paying extra fees. It's great. It's a win-win. All right, let's get into things here. Our first question is brought to you by the NHL Coaches Association, guys, and they're wondering, are coaches finally safe? Will we get another coaching change this season, or are we done? Frank, buy or sell on seeing another coaching change this season.
1: Not actually brought to you by the NHL coaches association. I can (laughs) envision getting a call later today. (laughs) Um, It is everyone safe. Uh, Sorry. I'm not ready to declare that just yet. I'm not. I mean, if you think about where we are in the season, it's still pretty early um, in terms of making coaching changes. and, I, me personally, I think the biggest one that's out, excuse me, outstanding right now is the Ottawa Senators. Come on, man. You got to hire a permanent head coach. Like, I'm sorry, your record with Jacques Martin, your process, your structure, all the things that you said you wanted to do. I'm not seeing it. I'm totally lost watching this team. I think it's no better with this temporary coach. And I think you're doing your entire franchise a huge disservice by letting this linger. I'm not saying that means just hire anyone if you have your, you know, your sights set on someone in particular and you're saying, oh, well, we're going to wait until that person becomes available. That's a different story. But for right now, you must make a change.
0: Yeah, I have to... uh... I have to sell as well. I still think there's there's possibilities out there of teams that hey, we, I still remember when the Devils fired Fatoric late in the season. Man, and they hired uh Larry Robinson and they went to the gap and won. So we, we've seen guys get fired in the first seven games. Heck, we've seen coaches get fired in the last two weeks, three weeks of the season. So that was um, four games left in yeah, the season, <laughs> yeah. So don't um. You know what? Uh, it's a tough job, man. It's uh, the job security is not great, and I know you get compensated pretty well, but still. So, uh, unfortunately, uh, I, I wish all the coaches were safe, but I can't say for sure. And and I'll say
1: too, the other one that stands out to me is, um, is New, New Jersey. Jersey. Yeah, I, I, when you see, I I just think watching that team, it looks disconnected. And look, we've seen multiple you know, assistant coaching changes there the last few years. Um, I'm not saying something's up, but that's a team. Yeah, they've had some serious injuries. And I think it's fair to say some serious roster construction issues. But that's one other team I'd put on the radar. There's at least a, you know, if we're thinking uh, Top Gun radar, there's at least a blip out there somewhere for the Devils.
2: All right, I got a couple here loosely on topics you guys have already hit on, but you talked about the MVP race and goalies. I'm, I'm not going to say a goalie will win the MVP, but I will say a goalie finishes as a finalist for the Hart Trophy this year. Buy or sell, Gregs? Sell.
0: So, I, um, I think the uh, there's lots that are very close in the Vesna, and I don't think one's going to stand out clearly against the rest to separate themselves.
2: All right. Frank?
0: Can you ask me the question again?
1: I got a text I was reading.
2: A goalie will finish as a Hart Trophy finalist this season.
1: Hmm. I'm going to pat I'm going to sell and my guess is for the some of the reasons Jay mentioned I just think someone whether it's Matthews, whether it's McDavid, whether it, whoever has a huge second half is going to bump any goalie that gets votes cuz I think it's I think you're right, Jay, in having the conversation that the way we view goalies breaking onto Hart Trophy ballots, like it has to be a really high threshold. Because as I said, if not, you'd be giving the award to a goalie every year. David Pasternak, don't sleep on Pasternak. Yeah, he's having an unreal year in Boston. Tyler, dude, not to put you on the spot, but at Botano, do they have uh, skills competition odds.
2: <laughs> no, I don't see those. I am on and the what kind of page right serious,
1: now, was... serious DJN is is into skills comp odds. are you kidding me?
2: They should have it. That,
1: this is gonna be the
0: most watched. Dude, anticipated... That's like betting
1: on preseason football. You're not entirely sure how hard everyone's going.
0: That, that well, is you don't know point. the roster. This one you know, this is the best of the best. I think I think they're gonna want I think there's a healthy competition.
1: There. I'm jacked for this skills comp like i think this is going to be the best one we've ever seen but i was the reason i thought of that is because of pasternak and i was like we did a draft the other day on dailyfaceoff.com of who we think you know we did like a snake draft of who you would select to win the skills comp and i think i was like the fifth or sixth pick and so like you know like mckinnon's gone and mcdavid and all those guys and i was like Asternak, Kutcher, like, tell me why any of these guys wouldn't be winning the skills comp.
2: Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah, that's the great part about it. Like, and because you don't know what skills they're going to pick. So that's what's going to be interesting.
2: All right. Uh, also, just quickly, you guys talked about heart Trophy odds. They do have them up at Botano. Nathan McKinnon has moved into the top spot at plus 100. So even money, those are the same odds Connor McDavid started the season with to win the Hart trophy. McDavid's now third on the list at plus 325. Kucherov sandwiched right in the middle there. So those are your futures odds on the Hart trophy. And uh, I'll, I'll wrap up with this one, guys. You got me into the futures page over at Botano, and I'm looking at the odds to make the playoffs. And I'm actually a little surprised by these. So Botano has the Nashville Predators, who are holding the eighth seed right now. They're plus 180 to make the playoffs. But Greg's, I'm also intrigued with a team you talked about. The St. Louis Blues, they're four and a half to one. to the make The Salt Lake the City
1: Coyotes? Sorry.
2: The Salt Lake City Coyotes are, I mean, who knows? They're six to one to make the playoffs. So uh, let me just, i this one's a bit of a weirder by ourselves, but I'll just say, give me one team in that race that you think you'd be intrigued on their odds and maybe a team you'd like to buy on ahead of the playoffs. I already told you Nashville, St. Louis, and Arizona, but Frank, is there anyone else in the race you think you'd like to buy a little Sharon heading down the stretch here? Or into what the are the crackers? The Seattle Kraken are and what are the Penguins. The Penguins. Plus
1: 275. And then who else is in that mix? Like what are I don't I think the wild the math just doesn't add up, not with the injuries that they have. But what are the flames?
2: The Calgary Flames to make the playoffs are plus three twenty. Which is wild that the Flames have worse odds than the Blues, and the Blues are currently ahead of the Flames by a little bit in the standings. Like the Blues might be the play at plus 450.
1: Oh, dude, they are. I it's think advanced. they are without Easier. a doubt.
2: Yeah. I just, um,
1: I, I, the toughest part about calculating all of this and doing it right now is I think there's a realistic chance every single one of those teams sells off pieces at the deadline. <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah, that is fair. Gregs. you asked about the Penguins. They're actually in the minuses. They're minus 139 to make the playoffs. So I would imagine some public money probably pushes that a little bit. The Penguins probably a pretty popular team for people uh, to bet on. But yeah, the St. Louis Blues plus 450 to uh, make the playoffs. That might be the play over at Botano. Uh, But that is a wrap on this week's edition of Buy or Sell, delivered by DoorDash. All of the casuals,
1: like, ah, oh, Sidney Crosby, that guy's amazing. Betting the Penguins, heavy, make the playoffs. Wow. I don't know. What other explanation can you come up with? It. I mean, there's nothing to, to indicate to this point in the season that the penguins are going to make it.
0: No. Well, what do they do with Jake Gensel? That's going to be the interesting part.
1: Got it. you have to move him. It's not even a question. If you're out, you have to move him. Yeah. All right. How, how do you, how do you not? You have, you don't even have your own first round pick this year. You traded it for Eric Carlson.
0: Yeah. Well, Frank, I just want you to know, you heard it here first. The uh, St. Louis Blues are, uh, they're getting in the race, baby. I think uh, I would uh, not count out the Blues to make the playoffs.
1: Hmm.
0: So they've, uh, they've been quietly quite good here for last month or so. So be interesting, and I'm not sure they have a lot of obvious tradable pieces either right uh, i think they'd like to trade some of their d but a lot of big term there so that's why i think they might end up keeping them and you know robert thomas and kairo have, have have really uh, started to play well they were their leaders last year and they're coming on offensively so what
1: do you what do you think the blues chances to make the playoffs are right now on hockeyviz.com oh pfft. 38 19.7 huh. they Hello? are slightly ahead of the minnesota wild What are the Preds at? The Preds are at 33. And the LA Kings? The Kings are at 85. So As I I said to you before, the Kings are more or less a stone cold mortal lock to make Uh, it They have seven teams there. And then Nashville's eighth, obviously. Yeah. Nashville, 33%. Seattle, 27. St. Louis, 19.7. And Calgary, 19.
0: Now, I don't know. I might may, I haven't looked at St. Louis's schedule. Maybe they've got a bear of a schedule, but
1: and the penguins um, are at 55%, which in line with what Tyler was saying, 139 minus 139 is not all that different than 55%. Yeah.
0: I guess. Uh I'm looking at the uh, Blues' schedule right now cuz now I'm curious. Um so they've got uh, well, their next three games are Seattle, LA, and Columbus, and LA the way they're playing, so uh, you know, not uh, not great. Uh, Buffalo, Montreal, Nashville. You know, they play the Orders twice. Winnipeg and Toronto. They don't have a they don't have a bear of a schedule at least just yet. Now I'm looking Devils, Boston, Colorado. Yeah, they don't. I'm telling you, I am. Uh, I'm jumping on the blues as my pick to uh, okay. to surprise people. Nineteen point seven percent. Let's go. Very competitive. So you know, and I like to put my money where my mouth is. I put a little. Bit.
1: Literally, you put your money where your hair 20, is. What
0: Twenty. Is that working yeah, out for well, you? Thank, maybe yeah. you shouldn't volunteer stuff like that. Well, that was the vol- Dude, it was just a comment. It was, you know what? Just a man of my word. I hate okay. it, but um, thankfully, it's almost done. Frank, have yourself a wonderful uh, weekend. We will uh, chat with you on Monday.